Believe it or not, we are back, and we're not just here with things I've pulled from the vault. We are recording brand new podcasts, and this is the first of what we will call the virus editions because we are all trapped at home, locked inside. So, a little bit of content for you. Uh, this is a conversation I had the other day with an uh, old friend of mine named LaShawn Harris. He is a photographer and director on the up. Uh, his newest project was uh, the last Usher video, so you might have seen that out there. Uh, we had a really great talk, uh, and this is the first of my remote conversations as well. So it was done over Zoom. Uh, Shoutouts like everyone else. Uh, as always, our theme music is by Ian Campbell. The music you hear under the advertisement is from Ted Peters and the Gumbo Yaya. Uh, we appreciate their contributions as always. And now, with no further ado, the first recorded in the god awful year of 2020. Here's uh, me, Josh Winkleman, talking to LaShawn Harris. Welcome to the downstairs. <laughs> It's the running of the downstairs podcast and we are inside it's the virus edition i guess um and uh we're gonna take advantage of everyone being inside and we're gonna talk to some people that uh probably were too busy to talk to me before all this happened uh and my my first guest in these indoor editions uh the zoom editions is uh an old friend of mine Lashawn harris uh you may know him from uh the newest usher video which is a which is a pretty cool credit to introduce someone as uh, but he's also done a ton of uh video and photo stuff and we're gonna get into all that but he's an immensely talented man uh thanks for joining me LaShawn. what's up uh, man how are you we're both in the same city but uh rarely get a chance to see each other um although basketball sometime soon i suppose um, <laughs> yeah in a minute. How, how you doing man how's how's the the shutdown treating you were you did you go from zero to from uh a hundred to zero in the space of a day or two or did you ease into it a little uh I guess I eased into it a little bit. Um, it's been treating me okay. Uh, to be honest, I'm kind of used to being at home. I work a lot from home, so I'm kind of just in my crib anyway. So like when I'm not traveling and stuff, so it feels like an extension of that. It doesn't feel like it's completely disrupted my day to day. Nice. Nice. That's yeah. uh, it's been a, it's been a. Uh, me and my friends were joking about it being we were we were built for this, um, oh. and then my buddy was making a joke recently about like that was the joke we started with, but now it's like this is what people would have thought we wanted, um, and I was like, it's getting it's getting out of hand. Um, but let's let's start with let's start at the beginning, man. How how did you get started? Like, what was the what was the original dream compared to where you're at right now? Uh, good question. Um. So uh, I guess got started, I got into film and photography in grade 11 in high school. I uh, took a media course and fell in love with it and kind of pivoted from my plan previous, which has nothing to do with film or photography or anything visual. Um, <clears throat> took film school at York University and then from there I just kind of freelanced my way um 
and kind of stumbled into like the music industry by way of shooting tours and live performances. Sorry, started with live performances that turned into touring. And then from that, that kind of led me into doing music videos. And that's kind of brought me to uh, some commercial stuff. So that kind of brought me into where I'm about right now. So that's been the Coles notes of the last <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> you, did, you were at York too, eh? I did, I did York. I did the York film program for, uh, for four years. York? Yeah, yeah, I did. I got into their production oh, program like, right out of high school. I uh, did uh, first year, uh, line, second year. Um, they're, you, know, they, you know, they tell you, they're like, oh, there's enough attrition that like, you know, enough people drop out that you don't have to worry about. It's all, it's all based on grades. Like, don't worry about any of that. And then they're yeah. like, we know space for you third year. And I was like, but my grades were higher than his. <laughs> like, what? It was one of those things. And so I moved into screenwriting. I was not personally not a huge fan of uh of the York program. Did you have a good? No, not at all. No, no, no. Yeah, no, I hated it. Yeah, same. <laughs> I, I, I often, this is not going to be, we're not getting sponsored by York without question, but <laughs> I, I used to joke about, I wanted to make a scholarship that I would, if I ever got rich and famous, it's going to make a scholarship to Ryerson. I was going to donate. Uh, and it would be uh, for anyone who turned down York to go to Ryerson. <laughs> that would be the, you had to say no to York. Like you had to. Tell yeah. Them. I heard, I heard Ryerson's really dope actually. The, the program. Dude, really a couple of friends of mine who went there, loved it. Like everybody I know that's gone, that went to Ryerson's film program came out being like Ryerson alumni. And everyone I think who went to York's film program <laughs> came out being like, what? No. Why? Yeah. No, yeah. I should have not done yeah. it. It taught um, me some good lessons though. I'm like, in hindsight, I'm not mad at it, but like, did I enjoy I fully enjoy the program. No, I had moments that I think if I didn't have, I probably wouldn't uh, be as comfortable in, in certain situations as I am now. So in the long run, I am grateful for it, but it wasn't like fond memories. You're not yeah. like advising people to go. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> you find this and I don't know, like, I mean, I guess for you, cause you're more um, on the behind the camera side, whereas like, I guess I'm doing, trying to be more of a writer and, whatnot um but do you find that um uh that that york that you it's easier to be that getting into film would be better for some people like i guess because yours is technical right so you're you got that technical knowledge from york but would you i always tell people go to like go into anything else like go to uh you can be taught you can learn how to make movies anywhere you know what i yeah. mean you know, do a science degree or do like a, you know, yep. go to a pre-law or like, you know, political science or like stuff that you can tell stories about, you know? Mm -hmm. um, would you, do you sort of feel the same thing about people coming up or do you feel like it was a good basis? Uh, no, I completely agree with you. I think uh, for me, I don't know how it was for you. It was actually a lot of theory. Most of the technical stuff I taught myself and then either during or even after I had to teach myself a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I think the theory made me respect the like craft a lot more. Uh, but I definitely agree that I think uh, now with where I'm at, I've realized like when it comes to the visual uh, space, you're really as good as your ideas. And by going into something else, I find the ideas probably would translate better because you're not so focused on like the nuts and bolts of the, the craft. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think, people that like some filmmakers that went into like psychology might be better storytellers 
because of that. Whereas I think if you're going to take film in like a educational institution, just don't get caught up in the nuts and bolts of the filmmaking process. Like respect that and enjoy that, but understand that what's going to make you successful is your ideas. And that's beyond the nuts and bolts. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, Did you find that? We'll go to. The, I'm going to jump ahead in time for a second, just because I'm uh, based on what you said there. But like, so the something like the Usher video, right? Mm-hmm. How much storytelling are you involved in in that? Like, how much? Like, as a director, right? Because obviously you've done, you know, camera and all that sort of stuff. But like, as a director, yeah. how much story input did you have? Like, was it you pitched it to them, or they came to you and were like, "Hey, this is our idea. We want to do it." Uh, okay, so uh, I'm going to tell you the story of the Usher video because it's <laughs> long. Oh, and it's, it. it's crazy. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I originally got the song uh, in December or so, maybe late November, December of 2019. Oh. Uh, so way before the video came out. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had wrote a couple treatments uh, for the song at that time. And it didn't quite go anywhere. We were dealing with the video commissioner at the time. And so it who kind brings of you the song? Like where did like who came to you and was like, "Yo, listen to Usher's new track. Give me a treatment on that." Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so I'm as far as directing, I'm repped by um, a production company called Pop Rock in Toronto. Nice. Uh, so they get music from the label, uh, and then they reach out to their roster of directors as, as they so feel fit for whatever song they have. So um, my EP hit me and was like, "Yo, we have this song with Usher. We have a couple days." Uh, let's get some ideas on paper. So I did that. Um, long story short, the conversations with the commissioner uh, at the at the label, things just weren't really hitting, I guess. Um, and the talks between us and the label kind of just uh, fell apart. So I was like, oh, okay, it looks like we're not getting that job. Then it kind of came back around. I did a couple more treatments. Um, because the direction of the video changed. Uh, they wanted to shoot in London and they were like, okay, we have this new, like London, England, like we have this new idea. We want to shoot uh, in the UK. Um, so then I did a couple of treatments for that. And then they were like, oh, we, we love the idea. It's between you and another director. And it was like coming down to the wire. And then I get a call from my EP and they're like, yeah, it's looking like it's going the other way. So we lost that job. Month and a half goes by. I'll continue on with my life, obviously. Um, I get a call from my EP, and he's like, "Yo, guess what resurrected itself?" I'm like, "I, I don't know," because I've just written on a bunch of stuff. And he's like, "The Usher job." So I was like, "Okay, cool." Um, long story short, he had got some new inspiration. They had an idea, um, very loose idea, more so like, like just creative direction, not even so much like plot points or anything like that. Went in, did another treatment. So at this point I'm at like probably six versions of a treatment if you start from the beginning. Yeah. Um, but this time we're dealing not with the commissioner, we're dealing with like him and his team directly. So we're feeling a lot better because there was less buffer between him and us. Uh, went through another couple iterations of the treatment and finally got to a place where they're like, okay, we're signed off, let's go. Um, but they were like, 
from that time to shooting, we only had a week. So it was very, 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 very short notice. Um, But to answer your question fully, had a lot of control, like had a fair bit of control. There was stylistic things that they just wanted to do and things that he was very um, like passionate about from scene to scene, but they worked well with what I wanted to do anyway. So it was really just like an enhancement of the idea. Um, but I would say in comparison to a lot of things, I had a fair bit of control. Yeah. Were you surprised by that? Like, did you go in expecting it to be like, you know, much more locked down because it's Usher? Uh, good question. I think I've been fairly fortunate in my uh, experience in the industry. I've heard like nightmares of people just getting like bodied left, right and center on ideas and on control. And they're just kind of not really involved too much. Uh, I haven't really had that experience. So I guess I wasn't surprised just because I haven't had that experience personally. I've always had a pretty good amount of say and leeway. So this was not like full, full reign. And I definitely did have to like, curve on a couple ideas and be like all right cool we're gonna do that instead of this um but overall like in comparison to just what i know of the industry yeah i had a lot of control so was it your so did you were you like yo we gotta get snoop and we gotta get um all these good questions did they come so uh once i figured out what they wanted to do i basically just like built like a loose, like it's not like this, like a crazy narrative in the, in the music video. It's not like this original narrative or anything. It's pretty straightforward, but I just kind of built this scenario, built like the skit, built out all these things that I thought would uh, be cool and incorporate all their like stylistic uh, ideas. Um, In those versions of the treatment, I didn't have specific celebrities, but I knew like if we wanted to make this bigger, like let's inject it with as many cameos as we can, but not necessarily put them in a situation where they're like just being themselves, like have them be an extension of themselves. They're not playing a character, but make it more than them just passing by the camera kind of thing. Um, And then once we had the ideas, it was more so like Usher and his team that knew who they could have access to. And they were like, okay, well we have access to these people. And together we were kind of just like, okay, well, let's put this person here. Um, And once I saw the house and like the location, I just kind of saved pockets of the house for different people. I didn't know who was going to show up. Like it was like, we have a pool of 15 people, three of them could show up, 10 of them could show up. You're just going to have to kind of deal with it on the day. So it was very much freestyling uh, in the moment. But a few people were like, for sure, like I knew Snoop was going to come before he showed up. But some of the people just kind of popped in and we just had to build things around them as as we went. How old was Snoop like to work with? Uh, Snoop was actually the nicest dude ever, man. Uh, I just obviously like growing up listening to Snoop and listening to his music, like you're not expecting him to be like, like so friendly. But he was really, really cool dude, really, really down to earth, like, uh, especially as like a new director to have that experience with someone of that like stature was um, refreshing. Cause like from the time he walked in, he just was like, you know, what do you want me to wear? Like I got this, I got that. Like you let me know what you want me to do. And 
even when we were doing going through the kitchen scene, like um, we were doing going through takes, and he was like, "Yo, like, how am I doing? Like, am I doing all right? You know, like, give me your notes. Like, you gotta let me know what you want." And I was just like, "Man, like, this is Snoop asking me, like, am I doing okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, man, you're doing great." Is that a surreal moment? Do you gotta like step outside of yourself for a second? It's it's just yeah it's it's just like it's just funny because you're just like how did I get here you know you're a bit like I'm just a kid from Toronto um, so yeah it was a couple moments that were just like funny to me in my head like but yeah yeah I, I feel like Snoop it doesn't surprise me I've heard like I've heard other stories of him being like a really nice dude he seems like I mean he seems too laid back to really be a dick like like being yeah. a- <laughs> too much effort you know what i mean which is i think what i like the most about soon um mm-hmm. but yeah like a buddy of mine um who hopefully i'll get on the podcast sometime so i'm not gonna ruin the story for him but he uh, mm-hmm. shot a thing with uh, samuel l jackson this uh, documentary they were actually in africa shooting it about the slave trade um and he was telling me these stories about um samuel l. jackson like took him under his wing was like um, they became like friends sort of on the shoot and like when there was a, a moment between the my buddy and his uh and the I guess higher ups or whatever he uh, he stepped up for him and stuff. It was so it was such an interesting thing, like someone who of that stature to be like you. Just a, I don't know why you just imagine someone who's on that level is is hard to work with. I think that's just like the yeah. public perception. But I feel like the stories I hear, anyways, a lot of the times it's not true. And when it is, I feel like people don't want to tell those stories. So <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like oh, I can't. Yeah. No, I'll never work again. You know? Yeah, no, for sure. So so that's like that's here you're like now you're sort of at that point where you know i guess like maybe you know hard to believe from where you started maybe um but like where did you because you were saying you started off like photography and um you know some of the music at like local music acts were you just going to shows and taking pictures or like what was that hustle like in the beginning Uh, yeah uh, that hustle was labor intensive (laughs) uh at first i started um kind of just shooting stuff with my friends that were also um filmmakers like uh yeah you would you would know shane you know shane um, yeah, 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 yeah yeah he was at apple so i really kind of started because once i got out of universities right around the same time that i would have started at apple so a lot of my freelance hustle started at apple to be honest um with just people that were in and around that same uh community as me and from that i kind of connected with um, some of the guys in the city from One Love, One Love T.O. Um, and that's how I got into kind of the beginning of like concert photography, videography. I started shooting um, these like monthly or uh, every now and then shows and events that they would put on called like Hennessy Artistry. Yep. So there were these shows that sponsored that were sponsored by Hennessy, and it would have like these local acts um, come in do all these performances. So I would shoot a lot of these shows, and that's how I kind of got into just shooting music. And I guess my freelance hustle kind of paired really well with their freelance hustle because on the side between them doing all these um, sponsored events for all these spirit companies, they also had. Um, artists that they were managing. So we were all kind of building up to our respective points at the same time. And then uh, their artists got signed and that's when they were like, uh, 
you know, you've been shooting like a lot of the stuff with us. Do you want to go on tour? Uh, and I was like, cool. They're like, yeah, it's going to be a month. And I was like, man, I had just left Apple at this point. And I went to an agency and uh, he was like, yeah, it's going to be like a month long. Like, can you get the time off? And I was like, yeah, but I couldn't really. <laughs> so I literally just like rolled the dice on it. Um, I left my agency job, did the tour. And then after that tour. Uh, so hold on, how long have you been in the agency for? I was at the agency for like a year. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like you left. You were only been there for a couple of months. So you've been there for a year. Are you, when, when this is floated to you, are you like, oh, I really like this agency job. Like, I don't know if I want to do this or was it like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm leaving. Yeah, no, right away. I knew like I was going to do it. I just had to figure out how I was going to do it and at what sacrifice it was going to cost me. Um, but I knew like when, when we first had the conversation that I was going to do it. Um, Who was the I, artist? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that I also wanted to get out of all of this was just to travel and do what I want to do uh, at the same time. Not like have to look at like, when I'm working, I'm working. And then when I get some time off, I could travel. I was like, is there a way to do both at the same time? So I, this was like the first opportunity that presented itself to achieve that goal. Who was, uh, the, who was the artist you went with? Uh, so this was for Division. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So this was right, right when they got signed. And then after that tour, that was their first solo tour. After that tour, uh, conveniently enough, they got pulled to go to open for Drake on the Summer 16 tour. So nice. then they were like, oh, we're opening for Drake on Summer 16. Can you shoot it? I was like, well, I already quit my other job to shoot your tour before. So, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so we did that tour. That tour was like three months long. And then after that, he's like, there was a Christmas break. And then Drake was doing a Boy Meets World tour in Europe. It was basically the European version of Summer 16. Yeah. They got pulled onto that tour. So then it became like this year and a half of touring, which was like the wildest thing I've done to date. Like just the most, just like work intensive thing I've done. But it was also this incredible experience, obviously. Are you traveling with them like part of their entourage or are you traveling with them? Like, are you traveling with the tour? At, you know what I mean? Like, were you just taking pictures of them or are you everywhere taking pictures of everyone? Uh, it started with like, obviously your main focus was um, the, the band that you came with. But like, we were on, we were on the bus, like everybody was on the bus. Um, there was a couple times where I got pulled just to like shoot the whole show because his photographer couldn't be there or whatever the case was or, um, so it kind of turned into me shooting a bit of everything, right. uh, but with, with, of course, division being my focus and the reason that I'm there. Uh, but yeah, man, it was it, even till today, if I like think back on it, it's surreal experience, you know, it's like just you're bouncing from city to city and sometimes you're in a spot for like less than 24 hours. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. Good way to get over, uh, uh, for me, I hate flying. So I was, I, when okay. I, the one time I traveled Europe, somehow I took like five planes and I was like, by the time I came back <laughs> and I kept traveling, I think I would have been, uh, I think I would have been much more at ease with planes now. Like I, when I came home, I was like, yeah, planes are fine. This is easy. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're meanwhile, 
five years later, the next time I get on a plane, I'm like, oh, I'm, we're going to die for sure. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite moment on the tour? What was like the, I mean, a, a year and a half of touring, I'm sure there were a lot of moments, but like, is there one where you're like, where you're like, oh, my, my 15 year old self, like, or my, my 18 year old self would be like, holy crap, look what I'm doing right now. Um, good question, man. Uh, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple of some that are just like just funny moments that I won't forget, and then just other things were. Um, there was a show in LA at the Forum, and uh, Drake brought out like Dr. Dre. I think Snoop was there too, and it was just like this crazy moment because I was right in the media pit, right? Just shooting. So, and at the time I didn't know. Um, so Dr. Dre just comes off the lift. And I just was like, man, like, this is crazy. Like that's Dr. Dre, like right there, you know? And you're like right on the stage. So it's like, if these guys are like sweating too much, like it will fall on you. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> do, you, so, do you have, like, are you struck in that moment? Like, do you stop taking pictures for a minute and go, oh shit, that's Dre. Uh, you, you, you get your pictures, but it's just like, it's just a, it's just a dope moment for me, just cause you're like, you grow up listening to these people, you know? Um, especially like the Snoops of the world, the Dr. Dre's of the world. It's like, you're hearing them when you're, for me anyway, when I was like a kid and then all through high school, all through till now. So it's like, they kind of shaped your perception of music they shaped your your identity in a way in terms of like the things you relate to right so sure so the well what do you think that was the biggest learn from that period I, I would assume like when you when you look back at your life i mean obviously you're not really doing that much you're right in the midst of it but like when you look back on sort of how you got to today um that's got to be a pretty big period like i feel like that's got to be a chapter of some sort you know like in your yeah for sure like the touring year so like what's the what was your biggest learn from that period of time uh my biggest learn um i think i almost kind of wish i i wish i had the same awareness that i had now then at the time i was a little bit younger um these tours would have been the first time i went on would have been 25 um I just wish, uh, biggest thing I learned, I guess, would just be to stay present in those moments, like get your shots and do what you're here for, but um, soak up those moments a little bit more, I guess. Like when I was in the thick of it, you almost kind of like took it for granted, you know? Right. Like when you're going show to show and you're traveling here and there, like I was in places that I would probably never go like i was in norway and like all these cities that i'm like i have no business being in norway or no business being in like belgium like these are places i wouldn't go like yeah i would probably go to i would go to london i would go to paris i would go to those places but yeah i'm never going to copenhagen like you know what i mean and who so are you hanging out with in these moments? Like, are you hanging out? Like, do you have, is there like a photo crew or are you actually hanging out with the artists? Like what, what life are you living on this tour? Uh, yeah, at, at that time, uh, I think from the first tour, because the first tour for everybody except for um, the producer, because he was like pretty well on his on his way already. But their first tour, their debut tour was the first tour for most of those people on that tour. So um, we all kind of 
I felt built a pretty good relationship. So it wasn't like we're the artists and we're over here and you guys are the working crew. So y'all are over there. It was like, we were all together. We were all kind of moving as a unit. So in all these cities, we were just all moving as moving as one unit. It just, it just, it moves so fast that you kind of get caught up in the speed of it. So I wish the the biggest learn I would have would just be regardless of how fast those moments move, like, try and slow down those moments as best you can because you don't know if they are going to come again. And if they do come again, it, it won't be the, the exact same way. Like, you know, which, it's never going to be that same moment. Which I mean, also like considering the times we live in currently, like we're all trapped in our houses. I mean, that's got to be, yeah. there's got to be something to that. Like looking back on it and being like, holy shit. Like speaking of like their sweat falling on you and stuff like mm-hmm. right now, the idea of someone sweating on me is terrifying. You know, like, I mean, I never would have been into it when things were normal, but at the same time, like, there's something to be said of like, I was so close that like, you know, Dr. Drake could sweat on me. Right. Yeah. You kind of look back. Is it something that you look back on now? Like, cause I mean, I think there's some, there's some apprehension now that like, do we ever get back to concerts? Like I had, uh, I was just talking about this the other day, but I had rage tickets, like bucket list. Yeah. It's the machine. Like I spent like 200 bucks on those tickets. I would never normally do something like that. Mm. But that concert, there's no way that concert's happening now. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, they haven't canceled it yet, but there's no way. And even if it did happen, like, where am I standing? Like, do I want to go in a crowd? Yeah, yeah. Right so I guess there's there's got to be something where you're looking now where you're like, oh, good thing I had those experiences because who knows when the next time, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's like a huge take from all of this um, pandemic that everybody's going through. It's It's if there's one thing that we should all kind of like walk out of it from is like definitely do not take anything for granted, even just stepping outside and like being able to be less than six feet apart. (laughs) Right. And like, who would have, I don't think I could have ever like pictured myself thinking the thought, like I miss hugs. Like it would never have been something that in my brain, I would have been like, I hope I never lose hugs. You know, like, we're like second guessing. Like I I think like right when, everything started i had this like 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 funny awkward moment with this uh dude that i work with he's another editor and i went to go pick up a drive for him and then so i met him downstairs and i picked up the drive and like we both kind of were like i would usually like dap you right now but like probably not gonna do that so we both kind of just like all right, cool. I mean, it's like walked away from each other. And I just was like, man, like it's so awkward that you second guess like totally the simplest things, like a handshake now that you're like, ah, I don't want to offend you by asking to shake your hand. Right. So I'm not going to ask you, but I hope that doesn't offend you. Like, you know what I mean? He created like a whole new social anxiety, like in terms of relations with people. Like Sean lives two doors, like, you know, Sean, um, yeah, yeah. two doors down from me. Um, so one of my, one of my good friends, someone who LaShawn and I worked with, um, who maybe he'll, he'll hear this shout out. Uh, but he literally lives on the same floor of the same building two doors down. So like when we play like video games at night, when things are normal, um, you know, maybe two or three of us are playing and I'll be eating chips and he'll be like, Oh, what are you, what are you eating? I'm like, Hey, you want something? He'll like run down the hall to get like a handful of chips and then go back to the game. Um, which yeah. has always been this sort of joke about how close we live to each other. Now, like he ordered food the other night and I, I had him get me a, like a wonton soup, I think. Uh, just cause mm-hmm. I was like, fuck it. You might as well. If you're, if you're ordering, I might as well take advantage of this. 
Um, and when he brought it over to me, I was like, I always feel weird. Like I took it and then, you know, he went right back to his apartment. And, like we, we didn't really talk very much. Cause like, you know, we were, you know, we'll talk on, on video games later or whatever, but mm. the idea of like this guy who generally just walks into my apartment, um, to hang out or I walk into his apartment, like the, him coming in, I was like, should I let him? Or is he allowed to come in? Like, do yeah, I, yeah. does he want to come in? Like, you know, it's not even just me. It's like, yeah, yeah. You, know. you second guess yourself and then you second guess if they're second guessing. Uh, like, yeah. yeah. It's just like, Hey, do you have anxieties? We're going to triple them. Every, yeah. every like <laughs> regular anxiety you had before, we're now going to add, it could kill you. It's like the, yeah, sure. it's like the, the fortune cookie game where you had like in bed at the end of it. Now it's like, yeah. it could kill you. Like, oh, great. This is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so back to the tour, like just to finish off with the tour a little bit, like mm -hmm. when you, so you're doing photo, you're fo doing photography on the tour or are you doing both? Both, uh, which is a whole nother challenge, but, uh, both. Yeah. Um, it was just photo video. It was really just like document this process. We don't, it was also an interesting way of, um, working and creating because it was like, yeah, like shooting some stuff and you know, it's going to go on Instagram or and whatever, but a lot of it's like document these moments and we don't really know what we're going to use them for if we're going to use them but we know having them is worthwhile so it was also just like getting used to working in that space of um creating without necessarily a immediate goal you know so making sure that you kind of shot stuff loose enough where it can be used in a multitude of ways right um, which is still something I'm learning and uh, stuff like that. But I think that whole process made things like uh, th my most recent video feel like a, just like easy. Like if we get into the, the actual process of that Usher video, like there was a lot of pressure and there was a lot of moving parts, like so many moving parts. It was, it was crazy, like logistically, yeah. but I felt very calm and relaxed the whole way through it just because I think I've throughout the years, I've just got so used to just kind of shooting on a whim and figuring it out later or just being in a position of having to come up with ideas in a very, very short period of time. So when you're in a situation like a music video where there's a full crew and full production, it actually made it easier because there's so much more support than I was actually used to on the tours. It's like me with a camera and you're not supervised. There's no one watching you. Right. You're kind of just doing things on no your own producer, no producer being like, Hey, you didn't clock in today. Yeah. No, like you're just kind of doing things uh, on your own, but eventually, you know, you're going to get tapped uh, to be like, Hey, all that stuff we shot, like we need to turn it into this. So it's at that point when you realize if you did the work or not, during during it's like there's nobody you have to just want to do it and you just have to love it and that's when i also kind of like reaffirm that this is something that i want to do because at the time there was no one watching me do it right right it's like if you're shooting an arena tour it's like there's so much going on they're not making sure that you're shooting the show right they just want to see the shots at the end of the night. They just assume you're shooting the show. So it's like, it's up to you how well you want to do that, really. Um, so, yeah, I think, the, I think the touring just taught me a lot. It taught me a lot just about 
the craft and just learning how to create under pressure. Were you before this? Like, I mean, obviously, being a director, you're, you're the, you're, like you were saying, there's so many moving parts, so many balls in the air. Did you feel like, you, like, were you are you a prep person? Like, are you someone who does a lot of like prep work in advance, or are you yeah. more fly by the seat of your pants, kind of get it done when it gets done? Uh, I am both. I do a lot of prep so that I can fly by the seat of my pants when I need to. <laughs> yeah, no. That's how I look at it. I think if you're extremely prepared. When your plan goes wrong, you'll be very prepared to improvise. I think improvising is really hard if you didn't have like a plan to begin with. I find like uh, if I'm using the Usher video as an example, like there was a lot of stuff that I I literally made up in that moment or Usher made up in that moment that I had to adjust to. And I think because there was such a clear plan for each setup, when the curveballs came and there was a lot of them, it was just kind of like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, like, that's that's fine. Right. Uh, but if I didn't have that plan, I probably would have stressed and then just would have, like, folded under the pressure of, like, not knowing. I think the plan just gives me comfort in, like, knowing that I have a way to execute. So if that gets – if there's an obstacle there, it's like, it's it's okay. I can find my way around it. So you've been doing you've been doing like DOP stuff before this, right? Like this wasn't like you this like my first day directing. I've never worked for a director before. Do you know what I mean? Like you have you done because I know you said you're with this agency. So have you done DOP work or just like regular camera work that was outside of sort of like the in the moment live? Yeah, most of the camera work I've done, um, like hand in camera uh, or camera in hand, I should say. Uh, has been uh, on my freelance jobs. Anything that kind of comes through um, uh, Pop Rock, I'm on the roster as a director. So it's like, I just kind of like immediately assume that role. But freelance outside of that is kind of like whatever comes and whatever is needed to get the job done, right? So Do you that's another thing. I think like my early days in the hustle, my, my Apple days and stuff like that, um, also made me really comfortable just in like kind of doing anything like, Oh, you need me to direct. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Like that's fine. Oh, I'm shooting. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, I'm directing and editing. That's cool too. Oh, we're doing all three. No problem. Like, you know, what's your ideal so, situation. Do you want to like, um, cause I, what I wanted, what I was first, I'll make it a two part question. Cause I, I wanted to ask the, this as well do you feel so first part is do you feel you're the type of director that you would want to work for do you know what i mean like not um that you're a nice guy or anything like that sort of stuff but like um directors have different styles so like do you think of it in the con like when you're directing do you think of it in the context of like this is what i would want from a director or do you think about it in the context of like i'm the director and this is what i want from you if that makes sense um and then the second part of the question well i'll come back to the second part uh okay uh good question I think, I don't know if I think uh, between either of those. I do think, though, I will say this, and I'm not trying to sound like uh, narcissistic or anything. I do think, though, when I am in the position of directing, that I am a pleasure to work with. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, all I can, all I can speak to is having worked with you outside of that realm and you were, you were a pleasure to work with. So I can only assume it's the same. Yeah. I say that because I don't, I don't like, I don't come at it as like, 
I'm the director. So this is going to answer the other part of the question. I come at it like, this is what I think is best for this. It's not even like what I want, because sometimes what I want, I may not even actually think is the best thing. I just think like, this is what's best for this scene. This is what's best for this moment. This is what's best for this project. Right. Um, and I approach it that way. So I kind of just filter anything through that. And obviously it's my opinion that this is what's best, but like I try and be as objective as possible in that opinion. Like I really, it, it sounds like, again, it sounds like kind of like a, that typical, like egotistical director to say that, but it's like, I think like, oh, this is definitely the best way for this scene to go. Right. Not because I think that, but because it's like, it's going to be the most effective. Right. Like it may not be what you want in perfect world, but like in this moment, in this situation, this is the best thing to do. Yeah. So. Given like all these other variables and stuff like that. Like I think, um, and of course I'm still learning, um, like we're all still learning, but I'm definitely, definitely green to the game. Like I'm not, um, a heavyweight in the game whatsoever. I'm a newcomer for sure. Um, but I, I don't get caught up in like, uh, like just with the idea that I had or something like if right. something changes and we're, we pivot, then it's like we pivot and I let go of that idea. That's good. Good skill yeah. to have for sure. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's fine. We're going to, we're going to end it. We're going to go on a, take a quick break in a second, but um, just to sort of lead into that um, just speaking of ideal world. So you were saying like you shoot, you direct, you edit ideal situation. Are you doing all three or are you just directing or, you know, just edit. Like, what would be your um, ideal situation as a director where you have that control afterwards, um, or just to be able to let it go and walk away? Um, I definitely don't want to. Uh, I'm not. I, I don't think I'll ever be one of the uh, directors that's cool with like I'm going to direct something and then just like the second we call rap, like yeah, you guys figure that out. Um, I definitely going to want to see the project through from. A to Z for sure, but I also don't want to be in the position of doing everything because I I think it's limiting. Interesting. Like if you if you have the right people around you, then having more heads than one is gonna be better. If you have the right people around you, right. how that's how I look at it, right? Like even just from my experiences, like working with when I'm in the position of being a director and having um, certain DOPs that I've shot with, it's like they literally save me in moments. Like I'm going this way and they're like, well, if we just do this and I'm like, oh man, I didn't even think of that. Like that saves time. That's the better idea. That's more effective right. for the story. And it's easier. Yeah, let's do that. Like, so I think, I think having someone that understands how you see things but doesn't see everything the same way as you is very valuable interesting all right if that makes sense like yeah no no i'm following along i, I like that idea of that because you know I, I feel like that whole i think when i was um a, a, you know dreaming of being a director when i was younger it was always the auteur um 
mindset. It was like the, I wanted to be Tarantino. I wanted to be Scorsese. Like I wanted to be the guy who like was everything about it. You know what I mean? But I understand that. Like, I think as I've gotten older, maybe and it, it may be something about like wisdom with age or something like that. But I think as I've gotten older and I've worked in more situations where there were um, people who were reliable, I guess, you know, like I think sometimes you work places where you're like, Oh my God, these people are idiots. Uh, but once you get in a place where you're like, Oh, I can rely on someone. It's much more, advantageous obviously to have that second opinion um, but i think i think just uh, really quickly to to uh piggyback on that i think you can i think you can still be and i think a part of being an, an auteur is having those right people around you like if you're looking at a tarantino it's like having because we see a lot of the same faces in his movies and it's like that those faces always being in his movies become a part of why he's an auteur you know what i mean so it's like I think you could still have a major, major stamp on something without having to do all of it. Nice. Yeah, think, no, totally. Yeah, you build that community. And if you carry that community with you throughout all your projects, then they kind of just become a part of all of that. You just become the poster boy or the poster girl for the larger group that's behind you. <laughs> All right, no, that's it. We're gonna we're gonna pause it right there because I, I actually have an, uh, that raised a good point that I'm curious about. But we'll 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 hit it on the other side of the break. So we're gonna take a quick couple couple minute, maybe I don't know. We'll see how long it is. But uh, we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, a little advertising. Um, we got a we got a sponsor, you know. So we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be back in just a moment with Lashawn Harris. Hey, you're listening. What's the name of the podcast again? Running up the downstairs. All right. Hey, you're listening to Running Up the Downstairs. It's brought to you by at K Josh Radio on Twitter and Instagram. And we're back. Um, thanks to our sponsors. I'm here with LaShawn Harris, a director, a photographer, a very talented man. Uh, before the break, we were talking about uh, working with people and working with, uh, you know, sort of relying on the having good people around you. So I'm curious for the Usher video, did you bring in your own people? Like, did you get to choose like who you were working with in terms of, you know, uh, AD, like any of that kind of stuff? Or is that through the, the production company? Uh, all the principal people, as far as um, like the major parts of production um, was coming through uh, pop rock and me. Like it was like, who do you want to, who do you want to shoot with? And my first go-to for anything is always going to be Jordan. So I was like, let's get Jordan on board. Luckily he was available. Um, editor was like, let's get Nick on board. Um, things like second AD and stuff was kind of like whoever the first AD wanted. Yeah. Um, so those, uh, those things I wasn't like uh, extremely particular about, but all the principal people was, was up to me. Nice. Um, all right. So going back to uh, a little bit of the tour before. So when you, when you finished the tour, that was how long ago? Like how long ago was touring? Uh, the last tour I would have, uh, the last tour I would have done with the last like major bit of touring would have been 20, 2018. Oh, okay. So you had like two years off, like you've been off the, off the, that grind for about two years. So what have you been like, what's the hustle look like now before you were you were there, you were with them. Like the hustle I'm assuming was organic to some degree because you had gold, you know, every day was yeah. house, you're doing that yeah, and now you're home. And I'm assuming it's a mix of freelance. Like how long did it take to, for the production company to sign you up? Uh, so yeah, how that happened was, I think it was, uh, I've been very fortunate. I was good timing. Like I reached out how I got signed with the, with the production company was, um, in 2018, I think 
late 2018, I just reached out to them. They were doing a lot of cool stuff in the music video world and commercial world at the time. And I just reached out. I was like, look, I know you guys got like some pretty major people on your roster. Uh, I've shot a couple of things. Like I want to intern or kind of just, you know, build a community um, closer to film because I found like I had almost was working more in the music industry than the film industry because like I was shooting all these tours. Yes. But it was like, it was always for an artist that's in a different industry. Right. So I didn't really have, like I had more connections to the music industry than the film industry uh, by way of people. Um, So I was like, you know, I just need to have more like filmmaker friends (laughs) uh, in a way. So, uh, and more people in that space. So I reached out to um, them and they hit me back and they was like, yeah, uh, just come in for a meeting. I went in for that meeting. Uh, we talked for like an hour or so. At the end of it, uh, the EP there was like, so do you want to sign with uh, Pop Rock or like, what are we doing? And I just was like, oh Wait, man. You, like, for, you went in thinking like you were- I wanted to, like I wanted to be an intern, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy's like, yo, so we're going to rep you as a director. Yeah, I was like, in that moment. I just was like, "Oh, this went the best way possible." <laughs> Did you have any idea that that was on the table when you walk in? No, because I didn't. I didn't put it on the table, right? Like, I said, I just want to, you know, kind of be involved with you guys any way I can. If that's interning, cool. If that's like just kind of being on sets, whenever you guys got some stuff in Toronto, cool. Like, I just wanted to uh, keep branching out, you know. Sure. Uh, so I didn't really think it would have went there, um, especially just off of the meat. Uh, but I, like I said, I, I've been fortunate. Um, so that happened and I got my first job with them right as like the last tour with, um, division was ending. So in 2019, it was this readjustment for me because I just went from 2015 to 20 all of 2018 so like three years straight of basically like like i was at home for like two months at a time Jeez. like i'd be home for a couple weeks you're out again then you're at home for like two months and then you're out for three like i did three years of that so it was like you just kind of got used to that and then i was like oh man we're not we're not going anywhere like (laughs) what's going on i started getting cabin fever like just being in my house for like a month i would be like wow like i haven't traveled somewhere and so long it's like it hasn't been that long but i just got so used to i just got so used to traveling um but like they were working on their new album uh which ironically like literally came out today um really oh nice yeah so they were working on their new album so they just they stopped moving around a lot too um so i think it was a big adjustment period for uh everyone that was working in that space but uh nonetheless they were kind of just shacked up working on that project um and in turn i wasn't really moving around too much uh because they weren't but uh i got some jobs through uh the production company that kind of filled that space um and that kind of led up to the most recent project so i did before that i did like a music video with miguel and then i did like a really interesting like um commercial for disney which was like probably the the most 
I've the, the furthest I've been outside of my comfort zone in a long time, uh, just because I was working with kids and I was like so not used to that. Um, so it just put me in this space of like that I just wasn't used to. How was um, it? How did it go? Which was good. It was like it was an amazing challenge. Like I'm not I'm not trying to sound negative about it. It was wow. like it was the best experience I've had in a long time as well. Just it was the most like rewarding I found. Um, so it was a, a spot for uh, Black History Month, and I was just interviewing like all these kids, and some of these kids were like seven years old, you know. So you're like talking to a seven year old about a pretty sensitive topic yeah. as they see it, and some of these kids, the way they were responding, I just was like, "Yo, like I didn't even look at Black History that way." Like you know what I mean? Like they just catch you off guard with some of the stuff they said, and. Yeah. Where were they? Where were the kids from? Uh, they're all from Toronto, uh, which was interesting because it was it was for an American spot, like the spot played in America. So it was it was interesting, like doing the. It was interesting tackling like Black history from the perspective of like Toronto kids, sure. because I think I think they see it a lot differently um, than how you might in America, you know. Uh, so it was just, it was a really, really, uh, rewarding experience. Um, but it went from that and then, um, to just writing on like so much stuff I can't even count, which, which also was a great experience. Like getting turned down for so many videos was actually, um, really rewarding in a way too. Cause it just kind of built up my, uh, resistance to stuff. Like, so when I first lost the Usher job, I just was like, ah, all good you know like it just was another job that we didn't get uh, so when it when it turned out and we we got the job it was like that much more of a victory you know right um, yeah so how much of your like how much of your time now is is uh, like how much would you say you're writing treatments for things you don't do uh right right now not not too often obviously because we're on lockdown but yeah. um dude the last last year has been if you're talking like a percentage of the amount of times like I've hit versus missed, yeah, absolutely. Oh, probably like 10%, <laughs> like a batting average, like 10%. I'm missing most of my shots for sure. But um, it's, it's, it's all good. And I, so I those, think, those shots, I'm, I'm kind of interested about the one. So that 90%, do you have ideas in there that you're like, I'm going to make this happen sometime. Like I've got, you know, yeah, for sure. Some of the times it's like, and it could definitely be ego and stuff. Sometimes I'm like, man, like, how did you guys turn this down? Or like, I won't get the job. And then I see the video come out and I'm like, what? Like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> so many times I've had stuff where it's like, I've, I've wrote stuff and then it comes out. And I'm like, this is dangerously close to what I wrote, but I didn't do the job. <laughs> I've had all types of things happen. So it, it kind of just, um, you know, you, you build up your resistance and you understand like that's the industry and this is like the, you know, this is what comes you, with it. I don't know. I, I don't know how much you want to get into, but like, do you have one that was like your, like the one that you didn't get that you wanted the most? You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to say the idea necessarily, but like, was there an artist that you were like, they were like, Hey, we want you to pitch a, a thing for this guy or, or this, this artist. And, um, and you send it in, you're like, for sure. The, I mean, that's the best. That's that's got to be the best idea they get. And then they didn't get it. You know what I mean? Like then they, you did. Yeah. Two, two stories in the opposite direction uh, that I'll tell quickly. <laughs> um, I'll start with the one that's not as positive. <laughs> uh, so 
I had originally um, got three songs from an artist. I wrote three treatments for three different songs. They loved all three, and I was supposed to shoot three videos for one artist, and I was like over the moon. I was like, oh, man, we're good. Which you know? This is a bad story. Uh, well, <laughs> probably best not to, not right, to mention because things didn't go up. <laughs> um, so you'll see if I want to continue the story. So the first video um, that we were supposed to do, which would have been the biggest one, um, I got a call from a producer and the producer was like, hey, like I'm the producer that's directing XYZ music video. And I was like, oh, that's weird because I thought I was directing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how I found out I wasn't doing the first one. Um, and then the video came out and some of the elements they had used, it was, uh, it was this big mess. Then I shot the other one. Okay, cool. The second song I shot the video for. Super happy. I thought it was a great concept. Um, they were really happy with it at first, and then it got shelved. It never came out. <laughs> Heartbreaking. <laughs> Third video I was supposed to do. Um, they shot another video with another director. Completely different idea. Lost that job. So... Technically, I lost all three of those videos. But you made the so the second one you make does it hit a final edit? Like, do you submit? in a final edit, dude? Like, I thought this thing was going online. Like the way that we had the conversation over the phone, they were like, "We're so happy, we love it." Like the artist was like, "Man, I I don't want to change anything." And then like two weeks later, my EP calls me and he's like, "Yeah, this, the video's not coming out." I was like, "What?" It's like I don't want to change um, anything but, except the whole video. Just want sorry. That I didn't want to change anything about anything except just the whole. Yeah, thing. except for the whole video. Yeah, we'll just. Show uh, so I lost. I lost all three of those jobs. Um, and at the time, it was just like, man, of course, super deflating. Um, but that would have been a, a huge, like, sorry. Um, that would have been a huge project for me. Obviously, if I would have shot all three, like it would have been a part of that artist rollout. It would have been a big thing. But learning lessons and growing pains, so it's all good. In the other direction, there was a music video for um, coffee uh, that was supposed to shoot in Jamaica that I really, really wanted to do. Um, I loved the song. Uh, I really liked the idea, the direction they had. They liked the idea. Again, it kind of came down between me and another director. Uh, they went the other way. Um, video came out, and I was like, man, they made the right choice because this shit was amazing. <laughs> like the video was so good. And like the idea was, it was just one of those ideas. I was just like, man, like I, I just didn't think of that. Like it was just one of those moments where you're just like, I take my hat off to you. Right. You were the, you were the better, better one for this one. Like, so I've had experiences on both sides, but those two really stuck out to me where it was like very opposite feelings, but the, the result was the same. The result was I didn't do the project, but, um, for that, for that one with coffee, I was just like, oh man, like it's a good thing I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's always interesting that way, like how, how someone like your own, everything that's made you, you is only able to come up with like, you know, these sort of ideas. Right. And yeah, yeah. maybe a wide range of stuff. There's a, there's a director team. Um, you ever seen the movie, uh, oh shit with Daniel Radcliffe, the, where he's a dead guy on an Island. Uh, the director team is called the Daniels. Um, they made, they made, uh, turn up the fuck, uh, shit. I'm blanking on everything they've done, but they're this, uh, I'll send you a couple of the links once I remember them. Um, 
they, they do these really surreal, really, uh, you know, effect heavy, uh, videos that are amazing. But I, a buddy of mine turned me on to them and I watched a couple of them and you're just like, I would never have thought of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's ne- there, nothing in my brain works that way. Like I yeah, have yeah. a completely separate area that I tend to work with. And like the shit that I write tends to be like, you know, weird and out there and like, you know, uh, magical reality and whatever, like similar, it, it would seem to exist in a similar world as the kind of stuff that those guys do just never we would ne- it would never happen you know yeah. um but now that you've got like a bunch of a bunch of these projects under your belt um what's your have you what's your favorite bit of like feedback that you've gotten like has there been like i'm, I'm assuming with the usher video you got you heard a lot more than maybe with uh you know the some of the smaller stuff that you've done but um what's your favorite bit of like what's your favorite reaction that you've gotten i guess Maybe from um, um, do do from people in your life, and then also uh, like sort of maybe unsolicited, like someone reached out to you, and you're just like, "Holy shit, did that just happen?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the best feedback has just uh, been like for that video has just been uh, a, like confirmation that what I was going for is what they felt, which was just like kind of kind of re- restoring the feeling for what people associate with uh, Usher as an artist right. that's kind of been missing for a little bit or that people would consider maybe has been missing for a bit. So restoring that feeling and just like this feeling of like, I want to be there. These people are genuinely having fun. Like this is, it feels like a very genuine moment. Um, and that's really what we wanted to get out of it. Like, besides all the like stylistically cool things from like outfits to the crazy house and all this other stuff, like besides that, it just was like giving people a certain feeling and, uh, you know, people hitting me just being like, like that I really responded to this way with this kind of energy, whatever the case is. That was some of the best feedback I've got. I've just had like, I've had people, I've had a couple of people from like, like Africa, like, from like Congo and stuff, like hit me on Instagram. Like I watched this video, uh, I went and searched your name and I just wanted to tell you like, the video made me feel so good, man. I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like, you know, so I think it kind of just uh, showed me the power in doing something that feels authentic and feels genuine, even if it's not like, the craziest narrative and not the most poignant thing. And it's not like politically charged or socially charged. It can just be a good time. But if you do it right, it could resonate with people. So I think uh, just seeing that has been some of the best feedback I've had. It's awesome, man. Um, what's your favorite project you've worked on up until this point? I mean, it doesn't have to be the Usher video. You can. Uh, good question. Um, ah, man, I don't know. <laughs> There's projects I really like for for different reasons. Um, One that I always kind of like highlight that people don't even really know I've been a part of or that hasn't really, it doesn't have like a crazy amount of views or it doesn't even have like an artist in it. It's not like anything, it's not a commercial, nothing like that. But um, uh, me and a friend uh, by the name of Brian Brock went to Cuba to shoot some like, album artwork and visuals for um division second album and we did it with like two cameras 
like DSLR cameras, no budget, no permits, <laughs> no producers, literally just me and him running around in the streets of Cuba with nobody, like crazy stories of just trying to get this project shot in the way that we felt was best. Um, but it was a really rewarding experience, just kind of like, again, being in a place, no supervision, no rules, kind of just like shoot what you can, get what you can, make the best out of it. Um, and what we came back with was way better than like any of us, like myself included, the artists included, thought that we were going to get out of it. Like they just were like, look, man, just go down there and try and get what you can. And we came back with like this full like rollout of like, like short clips and a whole bunch of like movie poster inspired, like artwork, like all this shit um, that turned into like the visuals and the shows and all that stuff. Like it, it extended way past what I think we both thought was going to happen in that moment. Um, and it just was a, a dope experience in terms of, because at that point I was kind of already on my way a little bit. Um, and that project was a return to like how I started out of university. Like you have a camera and you have no lights, no act, like nothing, like just shoot and find a way to make a story out of like an assortment of clips that you thought were cool. Um, so it was very much a return to like the beginning of where I started with, all, with everything. And uh, it was really humbling in a, in a good way. It, so, it's interesting that you, you you bring it back to like how you started. Like that was something you were doing more currently, but it felt like the beginning. I always wonder if there's something about, I mean, I don't know if legitimacy is the right word to use, but like I know, because um, like ultimately this podcast is about how I don't do stuff and all my friends do cool stuff. But I mean, like really what it's, it's about is like the little sort of things that I think um, help people to do what they do um, effectively. Right. And I've always had this theory that like, like I said, I don't know that legitimacy is the right word, but I've always had this theory that like having that le legitimacy, let's say, um, mm -hmm. makes it not necessarily easier, but makes, makes you more effective. So like, for example, like if you had gone to Cuba when you first started out, like when you were first doing, you know, like that early hustle where you're not someone who has a reel, where you're not necessarily um, established in a way that you could walk up to someone and say like, um, yo, I'm, I'm this, I'm, this is who I am. You're more like, Hey, this is what I'm trying to do or whatever it is. Like I know with my own writing or when I was doing uh, journalism back in the day, I always felt weird going up to someone for like a story because who was I? I was just some guy who like, you know, had a couple local credits from when I was in school and stuff like that. But like, I'm not, I'm nobody in that situation to the person who's, who I'm asking for whatever I'm asking for. Um, so I always wonder if, um, it, do you think if you had had that legitimacy in the beginning, you would have been as capable as, um, uh, you would have been as successful in that Cuba stuff? Or do you think that like, there's an added bonus to feeling like you are the thing that you're doing rather than I guess imposter syndrome probably plays in here at some point, but do you know what I mean? Like that idea of being legitimate, I guess, right. Do you think that it helped in Cuba or do you think that you would have gotten like, had you had that 
So basically what I'm saying is, had you had that legitimacy back in the early days, do you think you would have been as effective because simply because you had that? Or do you think that it's also a combination of everything altogether? Uh, I, I think it's a combination of everything for sure. Yeah, I think it's a combination of everything. Um, do you feel that legitimacy now? Like, do you feel um, like it's sort of a dumb question, but I also think that it's like at the heart of what everyone does is like, you know, when people ask me what I do, I struggle with that answer because like, you know, I'm not getting paid to do the things that I think of myself as, um, mm -hmm. but you are right. You know what I mean? Like you're doing the things. So do you think of yourself as a director? Or do you still just think of yourself as LaShawn and I do all these things? I, I still think of myself as uh, LaShawn and I just happen to do these things. Um, I don't know if that will change too. I think that will probably stay the same. Um, I think the legitimacy is just, I look at the, legi the, uh, the legitimacy more so for everybody else. Like I think, I think, uh, and it's not even like necessarily true. I still have the thought, but it does. I know it's still not even all the way true, but I think I would have been just as, uh fit for the job that i just did like three years ago if i would have done it three years ago but i wouldn't have done it three years ago because you you wouldn't have trusted me to do it three years ago right so i had to do this this and this for you to trust that i can do this but i felt i could do this right away like i i, I feel like i feel like when it comes to these things i just feel like i can do it <laughs> like that's just how I feel, and I think the legitimacy is more so just so that you agree with me. Right. But um, I'm still going to feel like I can do it regardless. It's just whether you trust me or not. And I think the more stuff you do, is just the more likely the next person is going to trust you. Um, but I think I got to the point of trusting myself very early on, um, and it was just more like. I just need to convince other people to trust me, but I never felt like incapable of doing the job, you know, like even right now, I'm sure like there's much bigger, more experienced uh, directors that would feel like they're in the better position to do like, an usher video for example and like don't get it twisted like my ep had to like sell them on me like sell right like he had to be like look i know this guy's new i know like x y and z but i'm telling you he's gonna get the job done so you know like i think the legitimacy just comes with with that but it doesn't really change my perspective in any way was there a moment at the end of the video like did you have a debrief with usher where you where you, did anyone say like you know we weren't sure about you in the beginning but like you know good job that uh, kind of thing or was it just no like uh nobody said that nobody said that like um verbatim but um <laughs> i could tell i could tell like d definitely with certain people not so much not not with usher really like i think um and I've, and I've had this experience, I had the same experience when I shot the Miguel video too. I think it's like, everybody kind of comes in with like their shoulders up. And then the second you get like the first shot off and they're like, oh, this looks really good. Everybody's like, okay, we're cool. And they stop like 
like questioning you so much. Like, you know what I mean? Um, but you know that first shot's going to be good. Like, you're not worried about it. Yeah. But everyone else is. Um, so, like, I had that experience with, um, not with him directly, but kind of just, like, some of their team and stuff. They were, you, you can tell they were a bit like, okay, like, let's see how this goes. And then once they were like, oh, okay, like, we're, we're going to be okay today. We're yeah. going to be good. Then they kind of let you like run free almost at that okay, point. Cool. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we're in the home stretch here. Um, so I only have a couple more questions, but I'm just wondering, we kind of talked about it a little bit in the beginning. I don't know if you can say anything because obviously like, you know, it's the future, but um, you know, everything shut down. Are you, I mean, you're doing okay hanging out at home, but like, was there, did you have projects lined up that you are disappointed, like that you're disappointed oh, you're not able to do? Like, can you talk about what, you, what you were supposed <laughs> to be doing next that maybe you can't do now? Um, uh, Blow some minds here at the end. I I can't necessarily <laughs> like speak about it like in detail really, um, but there was definitely some like huge like career altering things that I had picked pretty far along into the pitch process that I thought had a very good chance of actually getting made, and it would have put me in a different space for sure. And with this happening, I don't know what happens with that. Like one of them was tied directly to sports, um, directly to, to the NBA. So it's like with the NBA season on pause, it's kind of like, I don't know if that's still going to happen. And when it comes back, it's like, obviously with the economy being like destroyed, it's like, are they going to go and throw a bunch of money at this project? Probably not, but maybe, uh, so there was a lot of stuff, um, that, not a lot, but there was two major things that I was like holding my breath for that. I was like, man, like this, this could be, this could be the, the tipping point for me, um, that I'm just like, yeah. well, we'll see what happens from here, you know, but, um, I, I'm sure everything will work itself out. Um, otherwise I've just been trying to stay, uh, proactive, man. Ultimately the goal, like, Music videos are amazing. Commercial work is is dope. Um, uh, anything short form is is amazing. But the ultimate goal is definitely to to do some um, feature length stuff. So that's just what I've been plotting on. Uh, I'm taking this time to really just plot on that and tr hopefully really just get something that coming out of this I can have a direction for something that's long format because that's of course what. I'm sure, you know, me, you, and all of us that are in this filmmaking world really ultimately want to do is that, like, real major piece of filmmaking. So let's, fin let's finish it off on that. The Are you, do you see yourself in, like, are you a fiction? Like, are you looking for, um, you know, move, like, feature film stories? Or are you looking at documentaries? Like, what's the, like, if you can go in any direction right now, because obviously music videos are great, but, like, they tend yeah. to a stepping stone. So what do you, what do you want to ultimately end up doing? Uh, Oscars or you want to be at hot dogs, I guess is. Dude, I've definitely <laughs> got to be at both. Uh, <laughs> no, I think, I think, uh, I love fiction for the reasons of being able to create anything and kind of just being able to take creative license and, you know, bend 
life in the direction that you want it to. Um, so I'm definitely going to do as much as I can to, to, to live in that space. But with things like shooting these tours and just documenting like people's real lives, it's like, there's also nothing that can replace that as well. I think like having something just happen and it just be on camera you being like, I literally just caught that moment, like versus creating that moment. It's a completely different feeling. So I definitely want to be at the Oscars and at hot docs. <laughs> I will see you at both. <laughs> I'll be there waving from behind in a crowd, just happy to be surrounded by people. Um, all right, well, we'll end it on this. So, um, I'm going to try, like, as we do the, as I do these new, newer, um, episodes of the podcast, we're going to, I'm going to try and end them all with, uh, with advice. So, uh, ultimately if you could advise people, um, like what's, what's the best advice you can give for someone, not necessarily film related, just in general, like what's the best thing you can tell someone or advise someone in terms of achieving their, whatever personal goals happen to be like, what do you think is the the trait or the action or the thing that, that you've done or that you yeah. feel about your own shit um, that you want to, that you think other people would be able to benefit from? Uh, it's going to sound very basic, <laughs> but um, the biggest thing I've learned is uh, patience, patience, just stay the course. <laughs> Stay the course because um, you can't let rejection of something or the failure of this thing allow your like enthusiasm for what you're doing overall waver. And I think that's what I mean by like patience, not necessarily just like keep your head down and keep working. That patience is a given, but I think it's the patience to fail and be rejected and hear no a lot of times without losing your passion or your enthusiasm for what it is at hand. And in, in my case, it's filmmaking, right? It's like, I've heard a lot of no's so far and I'm super new to game and I've been beat up with no's. And I'm like, at certain points and at certain no's that I've gotten, it would have been easy to be like, oh man, I'm going to throw my hands up, you know? But anytime I got another call to write on another song or I got another call to do this, whether it was a big opportunity or a small opportunity, um, whether it was with Usher and 15 celebrities or whether it was with a budding artist in Toronto with no budget at all, it's like attacking both those situations with the same level of uh, enthusiasm for what you're doing. It's like, I think that's the most important thing. Don't lose that just because you're going through the trials and tribulations of what is going to come with any career path. So I think it's like when you hit those lows, you just got to like, I'm not saying shrug them off. You just got to know that they're coming. And when you, get at the top of the roller coaster and you hit the highs too you just got to know like that's that's dope and that's what you've been working for but it's always going to kind of the pendulum's always going to swing so it's like as long as you stay consistent with your enthusiasm and your passion throughout all of that whether it swings left or right uh, i think you'll survive the long haul and whatever it is that you're doing
Nice, man. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for for doing this. I'm so glad that uh, that it's all worked. I hope this records on my computer. I hope we're not listening to this on uh, uh, online from my shitty voice memo version that I'm I'm using as a backup here. Um, I hope it's clear and crisp and everyone's enjoyed listening to this, um, dude. Thank you so much for doing this, man. Um, we'll get you back sometime in the the, the future when the world has uh, resumed yeah. uh, and you're doing other stuff. But all the best, to you man. I'm so happy that all this stuff is great. Um, and um, yeah, thanks for doing it, man. It's yeah, man. Great. My Apple family, Josh. Thank you. I appreciate yo, it. And uh, yeah, once the world is back, we we're gonna play basketball again. Um, not that yeah, anyone else good. cares about it, but I'm saying it right now in public and for everyone listening, there will be basketball again. I promise. And also, the Raptors are now two time champions, so we'll see right? <laughs> we what we can do with that. Yo, it's been real, man. Thank you so much. Um, and then this has been running up the downstairs, everyone. Thanks for listening.